What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode number 16 of Res Hockey. I am your host, Trav. And this week, Bush is unable to attend as he has work commitments. I think he's working nights, so. And it's Monday, Monday evening. So Bush is unable to come on the show. So I got a special guest, uh, our special not a special guest but a special co-host and our special co-host for this week is my brother sean what's up sean not much just enjoy my monday evening before i go back to work tomorrow and full day of uh thanksgiving i hope everyone enjoyed their weekend yes happy thanksgiving to everyone how many times did you eat turkey this weekend i had about like three sandwiches <laughs> in one sitting where did you go for uh, supper? Oh, nothing. We just did it here in Timmins <clears throat> with my boys and uh, my girlfriend and her family. So just an easy, just an easy weekend relaxing. Does your girlfriend have a name? Well, I'm not going to say it online just yet, but it's Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Might as well, if Facebook fucking knows, you might as well tell the fucking podcast. Just check out the profile picture there. It's changed. So another, in other words, fucking hide me on Facebook, man. Yeah. Let's be friends. <laughs> Just to make things clear, I want to make, I got one rule while you're the guest host, co-host. I'm Howard, Howard Stern, your uh, Lisa, Lisa Quiver, so don't fucking. Nope. I would rather be the sound effects guy. Because remember in the movie, he was in the tub with that woman, that naked chick there after it has a bath. <laughs> so in other words, don't fucking step out of your boundaries. Don't try to take over the show. Hassan fucking is one of those guys that since we started this podcast, he'll text me ideas. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? It's like, fuck, get your own fucking podcast, man. So yeah, any idea is a good idea. But yeah, Sean's our... Uh, guest host since bush is fucking working i can see bush drive up and down the street so i'm just waiting for him to pass because he should be going to work pretty soon six o'clock okay we're gonna try something different for this podcast for episode 16 instead of having a hockey guest we're gonna have an mma guest um this guy is a former ufc fighter former pro MMA fighter from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Rolly DeLorme. Uh, Rolly was um, excited to jump on the opportunity to be a guest on the show. So Rolly will be on the show. His nickname is Stunning. I like that nickname for a fighter. Like, wow, you're stunning. So must be a good looking dude. So I'm looking stunning kick. (laughs) <laughs> or is that wow that was stunning to get a kick in the head like that but yeah Rolly's uh will be on the show it was a good interview that Rolly and I did so we'll play that in a bit okay because of the week because of the week for this week for episode 16 is Mr. Antonio Jeb from Opasriac Cree Nation in northern Manitoba Antonio reached out and said, can I be because of the week? And like always, we agreed. So thanks for uh, listening to, to the podcast and being a show of the sh- a fan of the show. So uh, thanks a lot, Antonio. 
And if you want to be a fan of the because sh- of the week, just fucking shoot us a message on Facebook. Man, I'm swearing lots already. OCN, that's like the worst place to play for a goalie, especially if you're a visiting goalie, because right above you is the stands and they're right looking down at you. And then when we played against the Blues, I think it was their senior 18, and they just taunt you the whole game. And we, I think we lost. That's when I was playing with the Featherman in that senior league with the roulettes and stuff. Okay. And Big Eddie, too, was fun. <laughs> hey, remember, I'm Howard. You're Lisa. <laughs> this guy's trying to take over the show already. We're not even. I they still have their, uh, that, they had a sand store. I remember that. They had a little mall. I don't think there's sand anywhere in Canada. I think sand turned into, I think it's called like the red apple now because we have one in town here. Anyways, shout outs. Do you have any shout outs to anyone you might know? Uh, maybe just to the guys at work. All the guys, all the D crew guys, D crew crees and whoever. I don't know. I didn't really think about it. So fuck. I, no one messages me for a shout out. Maybe. You, when is that guy's name that got us that TV cable box? Is he on your crew? No, no, he's oh, Craig Zapper. He was on my crew, he lives down in Niagara. Tell him to listen to the podcast and tell him we say hi because I use that cable box like every day now. I know it's the best for 15 bucks a month for all those channels. Like I use it all the time. And three and, and you get the OHL Q and the WHL really? package. Yes. And there's American League on there too. So start watching that. I'm gonna start watching that now since uh our buddy Sean Asinaway, his son Samuel made the Flint Firebirds in yes. the OHL. So I'm gonna start watching that so we can start watching Samuel play. That'd be pretty good. But that's it for your shout-outs, just your your crew at work? Yeah, I guess so, because well, I didn't really think about it. And I was just thinking about your top five mostly and trying to get a list together at the last minute. Like I said, I'm Howard. You're Lisa. Let's just, just uh, be here for support. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to give a shout out to your girlfriend? Oh, yeah, I guess so. First of all. <laughs> she does have a name. <laughs> Hi. Supposed to come here and sit here and watch after, but uh, she'll be by after. We'll probably be wrapping it up by the time she's done. Hmm. I, slow. I still haven't met her yet. No, no, I don't think not, mom has. We're not even Facebook friends. No. Okay, I got this. Uh, I want to say give a message for parents. Um, this is a strong message, and this actually gets me upset when I talk about if your child is sick, don't send your kid to hockey. Like, we had a scare the last week where a kid went to hockey knowing this kid wasn't feeling well and had symptoms of COVID, and this kid got a COVID test but still decided to go to hockey. And it kind of scared a lot of players and parents knowing that they came to hockey with that, oh, fuck, that they had symptoms of COVID and they were sick. So I think 
parents got to let their kids stay home when they're sick like that and not chance it and getting everyone sick. The good part that about it that the kid, her uh, COVID test was negative, but still don't fucking send your kids to hockey or school or anywhere if they're sick and they have a COVID test. It's just stay home. You don't want to get no one sick, especially around this time, fall time when the flu and cold's going around. And do you still get a flu shot, even though you get a COVID shot? Do you get a flu shot this year? Do you know? I think I would. Wouldn't it be like? Don't they want you to take like a booster shot? Shot. I don't know. I know we got flu shots last year, but hmm. But yeah, parents, keep your kid home from hockey. It's not a big deal if they miss a week of hockey. It's better to miss a week of hockey than a few months, I guess. Not a few months, but I don't think it'd be that long. But can be if you're really sick with COVID. But that's my message for today for the parents. Okay, NHL season starts tomorrow, Tuesday. Two big games. Question is, who is your pick to win the cup? And who will be in the finals? Go ahead there, Lisa. Uh, the finals for the East? Oh, it's a toss-up between Tampa Bay and Boston. It's just... <laughs> right and then for the West, be Vegas, I think, again. You think Vegas? Mm-hmm. Vegas and Colorado. Colorado's not really a playoff team yet. I don't think they're at that level where they are compared to Tampa Bay. Who's going to win the cup then? Did you say? No, I didn't. I say, I'm going to go with Colorado, I say. Colorado. Yeah. Such young talent. So much speed on that. Or I could uh, go against the odds and choose uh, Seattle Kraken. (laughs) Go a bit after Bucks in Vegas. I wonder what the odds are that for Seattle making it to the finals. Yeah, I wonder what my cup, my pick to win the cup. Well, the fi- who will be in a final, it's gonna be I'll say Toronto. Gotta stick with Toronto. And for the West, it's gonna be Winnipeg. I'm gonna pick Winnipeg. They're, they're really good. Is it 54 years? 54 years for Toronto? Who's fucking count? You can't even count that high, so don't try to count. <laughs> You're going 55. Who's your team again? Or who's New your Jersey. team this year? Huh? Jersey. Sean was w- growing up. Sean was one of those kids that whoever was winning or whoever won the cup, he'll jump on the bandwagon and start cheering for. Because he didn't start cheering for New Jersey till the in the 90s when they started wearing those back-to-back cups. He goes, oh, I'm a Martin Brodeur fan. It's like, no, you weren't. You just are <laughs> a fan because they are because they want. So it's hard to say year to year who Sean will be a fan of because. Well, this will be good down a few years down the line, I say, because you got Mackenzie Blackwood, Hirshire, uh, two Quinn Hughes. Oh, not Quinn Hughes. Jack Hughes. And his oh, yeah. Girl. Yeah, that's true. They'll give him a couple of years. So, yeah, another three years. Just need a couple of P.K. Subban. He's all washed up now. And they got Dougie Hamilton on defense now. So. Oh, yeah. They'll be they'll be pretty good, actually. 
So, so it's metro, was that metro? Is it metropolitan? Is that yeah. So tomorrow it's the Penguins and Lightning, then the Kraken and Golden Knights. Ooh, that's going to be a good game. The two last expansion teams going head to head. Vegas will win that one. Mm, Penguin, uh, Penguins yeah, will lose. Lightning will beat the Penguins because there's no. Uh, is Crosby playing? I don't think so, eh? Or Malkin. Yeah, so there goes their superstars. Hmm. But I don't know who's going to win the cup. I got Toronto and Winnipeg in the finals. Winnipeg? Yeah. I went, those two exhibition games I went to, they looked really good. They got that um, Nate Schmidt on D, and he's playing good. Him and the fuck's that little defenseman's name? Yeah. If I were going to game, I got to drive like seven hours south and pay like 500 bucks for an exhibition game, probably because it's in Toronto. I live in Kenora, which is two hours from Winnipeg, and we only paid $40 for our ticket. It was in the 200 section, but we were able to see the whole ice. So we paid 40 bucks for the one game between Edmonton and Winnipeg. But the second game I went to last week with the Flames and Jets, I was able to get tickets for free so thanks to my buddy will for hooking us up for those seats and those seats were pretty right behind the we're behind the net so it was good to see the whole ice i don't like sitting too close because you get that glass reflection and you can't can't really see shit so that's where i like to sit yeah that's like the 200 section in winnipeg but we're supposed to go to Toronto November 12th. And they For got home. Oh, Ursula has to go write an exam or a test or something. For something else. So you're tagging along? Tagging along, oh, yeah. Who's, play- Who's playing that night? Buffalo has a home game. And it's, I don't know if we could cross the border, so we'll watch a game. Cheaper over there to go than in Toronto. You can, but it's just, you got to, I don't know if you can do it in, for that short amount of time, I think you got to have take a test when you get across. Then you have to wait till you get your negative or positive results back, then go back across. So I don't know. What the I'll just go through that reserve area that has right on the border. <laughs> That's like right on the Quebec border. No, it's on Ontario, isn't it? It's by mm-hmm. Kitchener. It's like <laughs> Kitchener? I don't know. You're lost, man. I'm not going to trust you forever <laughs> lost in the woods. Uh, Kitchener's like fucking... Did you see the little NHL New York? Their license plate? Yeah, yeah that's that's, that's by Cornwall, man. Oh, that's Cornwall, by, okay, yeah, that's, by auto. That's way far. <laughs> Kitchener. <laughs> don't trust this guy for his directions, anyone. This guy's going to be lost. What's that show called? What show? We travel all over the world. <laughs> I don't know. There's lots of shows that <laughs> travel, that people travel. You get eliminated for each town you go on there. I don't know. I have no idea. The Amazing Race. That's what it's called. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to be your partner. You get friggin' lost. Tasha and Eric would be my partner anyways. Who would, or that or that man tracker? You'd just get caught right away because you don't know <laughs> yeah. where the hell you are. <laughs> he came to Grand Cash a few times where I used to live. 
And it's, it's a big deal when he comes to town because, like, he stays at the best Western, the nicest hotel, and he's eating at the best restaurants in town. It's a shitty town when the best Western hotel is the best hotel in yeah. town. He was in Thunder Bay, too, a couple of years ago. But I don't think they have that show no more. But, yeah, I wouldn't trust you. <laughs> okay, with that being said, let's uh, go to our interview with former... MMA fighter from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Roly Delorme. Let's go. Hey, Res Hockey. Res Hockey would like to introduce you, since we're trying something different and we're bringing in different pro athletes, we would like to introduce you from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Roland Delorme. Welcome to the show, Rolly. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. To start off, I was wondering, how did you get your nickname, Stunning? You know, I'm, I'm not really sure. What happened was that a girl um, had interviewed me um, just for like, a, a fight coming up. And then she had asked me, she's like, oh, well, do you have any, do you have any nicknames? And I was like, no, nah, I don't yet. Yeah, I don't really have a fight nickname. And she goes, well, do you mind if I, I make one up for you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? Like, nobody's probably going to hear this interview, so it's not going to matter anyway. So just make up anything you want. I don't even care. But apparently, if you put something on the internet, that's what it is. I wasn't aware that once you wrote that into the internet, that that's what I was going to be for the rest of my life. So that's what, how that's how that came about. That's a good nickname, though. I like that nickname. I, don't, you know what? I didn't mind it, you know. I can think I'm stunning, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I'm sure things could be worse. <laughs> yeah, I say that's one of the good... Yeah, I'm sure that's... That's a good one, though. Um, at what age did you start training in MMA, and what made you become interested in, in this sport? Um, well, what basically what happened was that um, when I was when I was young, when I was because uh, I mean my family we didn't have much money, right? So um, I didn't really play organized sports. I didn't I didn't I didn't play I didn't I didn't play on teams. I didn't I didn't do any of that sort of thing. Um, so, but I was getting in a lot of troubles, getting in a lot of fights. And my parents decided to, uh, I guess they had heard from um, a judo program that was in Manitoba, Manitoba, Manitoba Judo Association. And they would do um, subsidized um, programs for, for low-income families. So it'd be like 60 bucks of, like for three months of training at judo club and at University of Manitoba. So um, I was like probably nine. And um, so I started going there once a week, you know, and that's, and that's really like I obviously I always like sports, but I never played on a team sport. And uh, once I started doing that, I started going once a week, and I liked it. You know, I, I like the fact that it was a one on one. Everything was about me, right? You know, yeah, I win, I lose, but I would go to practice, and I like the the um, the aggressive nature of it, where you know what I mean. I'm throwing somebody around, I'm arm barring them, I'm you know what I mean. I'm choking them. Like I like that, right? So, like I just and then and that just. So I kept doing that and I, I just ended up getting good at it. And then I started, you know, started doing tournaments, you know, not really thinking anything of it. And then I started doing well. And then tournaments led to bigger tournaments. And that's when it was going kind to of flown out over the place, you know. So um, that was my first introduction really into combat sports as far as I started uh, doing judo at, a, at about, I was about probably nine, eight or nine, something like that. So tell us, uh, like, what degree of belt do you have in judo and do you have any other belts and any other uh 
I'm um, I'm a black belt in judo. I'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Uh, that's as far as that goes. That's, that's years and years and years of work to get there. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I got my black belt in judo when I was about 16. And then I got my brown belt when I was, I don't know, 26 in jiu-jitsu. Um, so... I haven't, uh, I haven't done any sort of, uh, I haven't done jiu-jitsu in a, in, a, in a few years, you know, and, um, I'm feeling the effects of that. Uh, <laughs> I've gained a little bit of weight in the past few years. So I'm thinking maybe I should go back. I don't know. I'm going to try that out. See how that goes. Is it like cocky when it, when you get injuries in MMA, like do you start to feel the after effects once you retire from the sport, like compared to me, like I don't play competitive hockey no more. So I'm starting to get sore all over and i could feel it like pretty much every day is it the same for mma fighters oh absolutely i mean injuries and injury it doesn't matter what sport you're in right and if it's bad enough that that carries for the rest of your life right it doesn't go away right depending on on what it is i mean if 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 you've had knee surgeries if you had elbow surgeries shoulder surgeries right especially from the everyday you know what i mean especially when you when you do an mma i'm going to class every day you know, I'm doing three classes a day. I'm doing jujitsu in the morning, kickboxing in the afternoon, strength conditioning at night. You know what I mean? So there's no rest, right? Yeah. I, I, it's, it's a hard time to, if you have an injury, especially in MMA, it's, it's almost like you should have to train through that, right? Especially if you want to make it to the fight. I mean, because I mean, in MMA, man, if you don't fight, you don't get paid. I mean, yeah. and you need to get paid to live, right? Exactly. Yeah. You were in the TV series, The Ultimate Fighter, uh, Team Bisping against Team Miller. You were picked to be on team Miller. How was that experience? I mean, I mean, the experience was great, you know, and bad at the same time. It's, it's hard being um, in a place where they um, like isolate you from absolutely everybody. The only people you live with are the people like the only people that you see are the people you live with, right? You get no books, no phones, um, no magazines, no nothing. It's, uh, you know, you can't do any, no, no board games, you know, nothing. You know, but they fill the but they fill the house with liquor, right? Because because they need good TV, right? And without liquor, you don't get that. So, but on the other end of that, um, the training was amazing. The coaches were amazing. I mean, Carmen Usman was my coach on when I was on the fighter, and he's a one seventy five world champion right now, a one seventy sorry, the welterweight champion. So, like, I like I, I trained with great people. A lot of the people that I trained with, you know, have have had great and are still fighting in MMA right now. You know, I trained with. Um, Steve Styler, he's still fighting. Um, John Dotson, you know, um, guys like that. You know, I fought TJ Dillashaw on the show, you know. So it's like a lot of guys I was there with are, you know what I mean, are, are still doing well to this day, right? It just shows you the, the, the level of of competition that was there at that time, right? So, and it, it, but, but it was, but it was tough too, though. It's, it's hard to, you know, train your ass off every day. In, in, in that environment with the best coaches and they push you every day, you know, so it's hard, but it's also um, fulfilling. It's also, you know what I mean? It's, it's also why you're there, right. Yeah. You know, you don't go there to, 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 to not train hard, you know? So it's like, that's, that's the one thing that um, I, I got a lot of experience from there. You know what I mean? You get to, you get to see where your level's at, right. Especially when you're training guys who are, are world-class, you get to see where, where, where your skill set is really at. How was your head coach? Um, what was his name? His name was uh, ma'am, uh, Jason Miller. Jason Miller. How was he like off the camera? Um, like you uh, see him on camera, he's kind of a, a like a wild character. But how was he when the cameras weren't rolling? 
No, he was good, man. He was nice. He was, he was like, it's the same thing with Michael Bisping, man. He's off camera, really good, right? Nice guy, polite, all the stuff. You turn the camera on in front of him and he becomes a character, right? Because yeah. he's this character, this, you know, and he's, he's got to be the bad guy, right? Because there's got to be, when, and when you're fighting MMA, when you're building any sort of, any sort of uh, fight, man, you have to have a good guy and a bad guy, okay? There has to be somebody people want to win and somebody that people want to lose. If you don't have both those things, you're not going to sell as many tickets and you're not going to have as many people watching. There has to be um, some sort of, of of history or some sort of, you know what I mean? Um, something going into it that makes people want to watch, right? So these, so these guys are good, like off camera, nice guys, but on camera, they have to be something because they need to have people tune in every week to watch the show, right? So it's, it's very much like it's you turn it on and off, yeah. right? But the problem with that is, a lot of these people, um, it, it molds together at some point in their life where they just become that character all the time, or they, or they, just, you know what I mean, or maybe they always were. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, Jason. I have nothing bad to say about Jason Miller. Miller. Um, he's had his issues, obviously. Um, but as a person, from what I know, I, I he see he actually cared about his fighters. He wanted you to do well. He was he was in the gym every day helping. He was always there for you. So I, I respect that about him. June 15th, 2013, the UFC was in Winnipeg for the first time. You were on the fight card and you fought and defeated Edwin Figura. How yeah. special was it to fight and win in your hometown? Honestly, man, um, my dream was always to fight Winnipeg. My, my dream as an UFC fighter, I knew I, I, it was never to be a world champion. It was never to be um, because I trained with those guys. I know the level of, of what those guys are on. You know, um, I, I didn't feel like I was quite there to be a top five, top 10 guy. Right. Um, but my dream was always to fight in Winnipeg. Uh, I always wanted to fight in my hometown. I'm going to be the first Winnipegger to fight in Winnipeg for UFC. That was my dream. Right. That was it. That, that, that was my world title fight. You know, so when I got that opportunity, it was like it, I, I fairly quickly. I, I, it was like a dream come true for me. I couldn't believe it. Right. So, I mean, it was I just walking out was was crazy right there was 15,000 people chanting my name I was it's, it's uh you know one of the best experiences obviously of my life because on, on, on a, it, it's the best experience of my sports career in general right so that's 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 the the, the peak of you know 15 years of hard work you know walking out there that's what that is it's 15 years of dedication hard work you know ups and downs injuries all you know peaking in that one event is what that was and it was i it was amazing like i can't I, I can't say enough about it right it's it's just one of those things that like i knew for like this is it this is you know i'm, I'm never gonna have another moment like this this is my moment right so that was amazing man and the fans were amazing and i knew you know like obviously you know like so many people i knew were there and my friends and family and it was it was just one of those one of those things you'll never forget what was your uh walkout song for uh walking towards the ring I think it was put on for my city by uh was it was Khalifa, I believe, maybe. I can't remember. But yeah, I, was, I know the other name of the song was put on for my city. Right on. What did you do afterwards? I know like some like when I went to UFC in Toronto a while back, they had like these big parties for like the after fights and fighters will be there. Like, what did you do after the fight? I think the after party was at O Bar back then, when O Bar was a bar. Um, in exchange. So um, I went there, hung out there for a bit. 
And then I, I didn't, I didn't stay too, too, too long though. And then, uh, man, I, cause I was actually kind of, I had a headache, man, from that fight, yeah. man. I, <laughs> I wasn't too into, uh, being out too long cause my head was pounding actually from that. So, um, I remember when I walked out, my, my head was ringing, you know? So, um, I didn't, I didn't stay out very late. The day of the weigh-in, after you weigh-in and make, make the weight, uh, can you tell us what the fighters do afterwards as in like trying to get that weight back on? Well, I mean, a lot of fighters do different things. Like it's, it's ideally, you know, I don't think you're allowed to do it anymore, but back then we, I used to get like, like a nurse to come to my room. Uh, well, it is, I'll, I'll break it down for you. So, you. so you weigh in. So I have to make weight by probably about noon. I have to be on weight. And now they do it differently, but back then they didn't, right? Back then, this is how they did it. So it has to be on weight by noon, okay? So I, I usually typically cut 12, 13 pounds in the 24-hour period, you know, um, 15 pounds sometimes in, in a 24-hour period. So I'd be in a sauna um, for, you know, four or five hours in, in a sauna suit, just sweating. Um, maybe sometimes I hit a treadmill for a bit and go back to the sauna, still like, by the time you make weight, I, I always felt like I, I knew when I would get to about one, cause my, I fight at 135, but I walk around 155, right. And I would cut from 148 usually about that. So I'd always know when I would get to about 139 cause my body would start to hurt at that point. Like, my, like, cause like I, I have so little water left in my body. Like my body hurts, like everything hurts. My brain hurts, you know? So that's what I do. I'd be close. And then, um, so when I would make the 135 mark, I have to do it by t- noon, the day of the weigh-in. But then the weigh-ins are four, right? Yeah. So now I can't eat or drink anything for the next four hours as well. So you just sit there, you suffer, and it hurts. Like it's 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 it, you feel like you're close to death. That's how you feel. You feel close to death. Okay. And then still, so when you finally weigh in, immediately I, I have my stuff ready. I have all my stuff ready immediately after I weigh in because I, I'm not wasting any time. I, I, I pop a Pedialyte, which is like, um, you get it from like shoppers and stuff. It's like yeah. from dehydrated babies, right? So I pop a Pedialyte, start sipping slowly. Um, maybe have a little bit of fruit, right? A little like a watermelon or, you know what I mean? Just to kind of get some sugar back in my body, right? But not too much because you have to drink um, a certain amount of liquids before you can actually eat anything because your body won't digest it properly or your body will start digesting it properly, start digesting it. And then it won't absorb the water. So you won't get as hydrated as you're supposed to. So I would start drinking Pedialyte and then I go back to my room. And if I could, I would get a nurse to come in and put an IV in my arm for like the IV bags, you know, so that, cause, cause that's like the fastest and best way to rehydrate because it goes directly into your bloodstream, right? You're, you're, yeah. it, doesn't, it has to get absorbed through your stomach. You know, um, so if I could do that, I would do that. I mean, it wasn't available everywhere you went, you know, but if it was available, you could do it. You definitely would want to do it because it's like, it's just like you, the minute that the IV goes in, you all, all of a sudden it's like, you start, you start, and it's almost like feeling you're <laughs> energizing and all of a sudden you're just like, like everything just starts coming back. Like you see the world from a different view. It's, it's, it's crazy, you know? Um, so now you do, I usually two, two bags of that. I would continue drinking water as much as I could, uh, like Pedialyte, water, Pedialyte, I mix it together, um, until I can, like, until I could, I, I, I would actually go to the bathroom because like that, that means the water is going through my system. And then after I, I, I go to the bathroom and have a, like a real good, a real good pee 
and that was clear. I would know, okay, now I'm starting to get rehydrated again. Now I can go eat something. So then I would go out and I would just like eat a lot of food over like a, a three hour period. Ben. I would, and I would go from 135 at four in the afternoon to 152 by the time I went to bed. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, so, so it's probably not good for your body, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're going up, just in your, your syndrome is going up and down so hard. Yeah, but like, but that's yeah, that's what we do. That that's what everybody did, wow. right? It was, you know, that's what everybody did. You know, so if you're not doing it, you know, you're 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 creating a disadvantage. I mean, I and I always felt good the next day, but do I feel good because of how terrible I felt the day before, or do I feel good because you know what I mean? I actually yeah. feel good. Right. Like, do I feel normal or do I just feel like I, yesterday I felt so terrible that I feel amazing today. So yeah. I don't know um, if that's better or not, but that's what, that's what we did. What kind of meals did you guys eat? Like, did you guys have like steak and potatoes or did you guys just oh. munch like fast food? No, absolutely not. Fast food. Jesus. No, <laughs> um, I, I, um, I would just car- carbs. I'd carb up. I'd carb yeah. up like I'm a marathon runner. Yeah. Carbs, a lot of pasta. Um, I, I would stay away from meat. Because it just takes too long to digest. Yeah. Right. I want to have something that, that, that breaks down quick in my body. No. Yeah, I know. It's what I was saying. Like when when it comes down to what I'm eating, right? Like I can't just start eating something that I haven't eaten in two months. Yeah. Right. When I'm when, when I'm when I'm on a diet and I'm pre-fight, I'm, I'm on a strict regime of what I'm eating. So I can't just go fly off that because my body's even go, oh, yeah. you know, what the hell is this? You know, you know what I mean? And then I might have a bad, yeah, you know, I might not feel good from it. I might get sore stomach. I might, you know, get cramps. I might, if I all of a sudden I eat something that's super greasy. So, so I would just always eat pasta afterwards and I would not eat anything, anything too fatty, anything too greasy, um, you know, bread, carbs, you know, fruit, lots yeah. of veg, lots of fruits, vegetables, you know, because that's also the stuff I'm eating when I'm training. So like, so my body now, when I curl up, my body knows, okay, I, I want to have a, a peak performance meal. Right. So say if the guy that came up to you that made the fights is like, okay, Roly, I want you to fight in March and it's now December. Like how long are you on this diet and how long do you train for? Ideally, uh, ideally you want to get eight week training camp. Although that never always happens. Um, sometimes they call you, go, yeah, I want you to fight in two weeks. You know, that happens a lot, you know? Um, so you almost need to be prepared, but sometimes and this is my problem I had with them. Like, it was like, sometimes I'd be like, okay, well, I'm not gonna be training. Do you need me for this date? Because, you know, it's December now and I don't want to, um, be training through my birthday, Christmas, my daughter's birthday. I just want to take the, do you need me? And they go, no, I go, okay, cool. So then I would not do that. All of a sudden they call me big. Like, oh, well, we want to we fight in two weeks now. And it's like, well, I, I can't even make the weight now if I wanted to, Like, I can't even get my weight down fast enough. And if I did, it would not be healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then all of a sudden they get mad. I don't, then they don't give you a fight for six months. Right. And then they also, at the same time, don't give you an eight week training cap. They'll call you up in two weeks. Go, okay. Now we want you to fight again in two weeks. And now you're forced to fight because like, man, I haven't got paid in six months. And on top of that, like, if I say no again, well, you just cut me. Right. So they put you in a position where like, ideally you would want to have eight weeks of a training camp, but with them, like there's no guarantees, right? Like they can call you whenever you want. I tell you, you know, like always be ready, but like they're just being ready and they're just being fight ready. Yeah. And those are two different things, right? You train every day, but you're not training for a fight every day. And if, and, and you, and you, you couldn't maintain that even if you wanted to. 
Okay. What are you up to these days? Are you still involved with MMA? I'm no, I'm not involved in MMA right now. You know, I, I own my own business right now. It's uh, Roland Delorme Automotive Solutions. So I sell cars um, to, to uh, the Canadian people. I deliver nationwide. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm thinking like maybe I still would like to um, get in the gym and do stuff, but it's not a competitive level. It's not going to be on a competitive level. I'm not trying to get in shape to fight people. I mean, I make probably better money now, you know, selling vehicles and I'm, you know, it's, 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 it's much better uh, for, I mean, my body and my health. Um, that being said, I wouldn't change it for the world though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. with, with, with glory comes pain, man. And you, and, and, and to get the glory, you have to go through pain, you know? So, and I, I love fighting, you know, that, that, that doesn't change anything, but now I'm at, I, I'm at a point in my life where I need consistent income that I know what I'm, you know what I mean? What I'm getting, man. I got kids. I got a, you know what I mean? I got, I got a car, I got a house, you know, I got, I have things that I need to pay for. Right. So, yeah. um, like, and I started selling vehicles probably about a year and a half ago. Um, you know, I, I work somewhere else. Now I work for the Gossier group. Um, you know, so we have access to thousands of vehicles, new and used. Um, and, you know, I, and I, I enjoy my job. But I also take the work ethic from what I when I was fighting to my new job because that doesn't change. It's who I am, man. If, if I'm in, I'm all in. You know what I mean? If, if, if I, I, I don't, I, I don't half anything man i i, I do everything with my, my, my fullest ability because i always well whatever i'm doing i want to be the best at you know whatever i'm into i want to be the best at because i'm, I'm not i'm never happy just being content i don't like to be content i like to be you know um i, I want to be the best i can be at anything i do that's why when i do something i do to death and that's the same thing i'm doing with the cars now right i'm, I'm trying to do i'm trying to build a brand i'm trying to build a business i'm trying to uh, build the future. I'm trying to do all the same things I've done in anything else I do, right? Uh, I'm not happy, you know, barely surviving, right? I want to. I, I always want to do well, you know, and that's and that's the kind of fire I bring to everything I do. If it's judo, if it's uh, MMA, if it's you know cars, if it's restaurants, everything I've done, I always prided myself in trying to be the best that I could be at that. And I think that 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 that's what everybody should do. Right. It's not just me, man. Don't don't yeah. be happy just being second fiddle to somebody or don't be just be happy being, you know what I mean? Just, you know, in a pack. I always like to separate myself from a pack, you know, because that way, you know what, if I fail, hey, man, that's on me. But if I made it, it's because it's because I put the work and, and dedication and, and, and I did everything I was supposed to do. And that's so I mean, that's that's and the one thing I'm never going to I'm never going to fail on myself. I'm never going to let myself fail on myself. We will post your Facebook uh, work company on our Facebook page and well, we'll try to get you some sales. And I got my G from Gochis and they're a great, great company. So I'm always happy. They always check up on me and it's a great yeah, company you know, they're working for. Yeah. That's just it, man. They sell great vehicles, you know, so I, I, mean, I and they're a great company to work for. And, I, and you know what I mean? Uh, that's the one thing I, I always want to make sure that people I sell vehicles are happy with what they have. And I want to get, I don't, I don't like sticking people in something that they don't really want. Right. You know, I want to put you in something that you will actually happy being in and, and three months, four months, five, six months from now, when you're still driving the same vehicle a year from now, you're still happy with that vehicle. Right. So like, that's, that's, that's the thing I'm putting my um, energy into these days. Right on. Okay. What advice would you give youth who want to start training and get into that MMA world? 
No man, the, the advice I would give is that if 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 you want to do it, you know, I know walk into a gym. If it's a jiu-jitsu gym, if it's a boxing gym, kickboxing gym, Muay Thai, um, you know, it yeah, and just start and just start going to class, working out every day, go, you know, every second day, go, you know, and just, and just, you know, hard work pays off, dedication pays off, you know, and, and, the, and the one thing that I like about um, these sports is that you don't have to be the most athletic person in the world. You don't have to be an athletic stud. You know what I mean? You know, um, if you go to the gym every day, man, hard work beats talent because talent doesn't work hard usually. You know, and that's that's the one that's the one thing I try to I, I try to tell people all the time. Like, I mean, you can be great at something, but if you don't work hard at it, it in the end, it's not going to get you anywhere. You know, you can be not great at something, but if you work hard at it, you can become great and you'll surpass someone who is ta- like more talented maybe at the beginning, because they get when it comes too easy, people don't like it. People don't do it, right? And when you work hard for something, and, and and you get a different sense of value in it than somebody who doesn't do that. Right. And I think that's, man, you know, just, it's just hard work pays off and it, it always pays off. True. True. Very true. Okay. Before we uh, let you go, we're going to do the five rapid niche questions. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Ready to go. Okay. Number one, baked or fried bannock? <sighs> fried. Number two, ever use a bed sheet for a door or curtain? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, ever seen Ernest Muniaz live in concerts? I actually have. Yeah, he's pretty good, eh? I like him. <laughs> yeah, he's a legend, man. He's, he's North, a legend. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Indian taco or bannock burger? Indian taco. Okay, fifth and last question. Can you jig? No, I can't jig. <laughs> I don't have a jiggy bone in my body. <laughs> All right, Rolly. Thanks for coming on the show, especially yeah, man, on, no a, problem. on a Pleasure. holiday. Yeah. Um, we'll love to have you on again, and we'll talk more about your awesome career. And uh... Yeah, man. Hey, man I, I got a lot more to say. So when you, when you got time, you let me know. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll see you again. Sounds good, buddy. All right, hey, thanks. have a good day. Bye. Welcome back, guys. That was a good interview with Rolly Delorme. We'll have Rolly back on the show in the future and get him to tell us more stories about his fighting career. So one thing is, I wonder if people, like when he goes out, if he goes out to the bar and like if guys want to challenge him to fight because he's uh, like a US UFC fighter. Because I know, like, a long time ago, people would want to challenge me to a fight because they knew I was a hockey fighter. I was like, fuck, I don't want to fight, man. I'm just here to have a beer. I don't want to. Remember that shirt I made fun of you on? That affliction shirt? <laughs> when you used to watch all the TV all the time. And then I told you, you see a bunch of losers and uh, skinny guys wearing that TMA affliction and you never wore it again. <laughs> I remember when Tap. Tap out first came out and I bought a shirt. I was thinking, oh man, I'm this is pretty cool. I have a cool shirt on. And this little kid goes, Hey, my little my 12-year-old brother has the same shirt. Yeah. I was like, shit. Never worn <laughs> Hey man, I, I think I paid like a hundred bucks for that affliction shirt. We got it at uh 
UFC in Toronto. Hmm. But yeah, I don't think I ever wear that shirt again. Okay, we're gonna go with our uh, Where's Hockey Top Five, and since we were been talking about MMA and fighting, we're gonna go top five enforcers, and which I mean, what I mean is native enforcers, Métis, or Inuit fighters that played in the show and that were good fighters. Okay, we'll go with number five. Number five is Craig Ruby. He had a good fighting career. Played for the Leafs, Flames, Flyers. Did he play face? No, I think. Who else did he play for? But anyways, he he was a heavyweight. He fought. He wasn't a big guy. I think he's six foot, two ten. But still, he was a pretty good heavyweight. He played back in the eighties and nineties when hockey fighting was at an all time high. So that's their number five. My number- five, I have Jordan Tutu, because short little guy. And he had a thousand penalty minutes in, I don't know how many games did he play. Yeah, that's, that, that'd be an honorable mention for my list. Number four, I have Sandy McCarthy. Who, who do you have on yours? Theo Fleury. He had uh, 1,800 penalty minutes. Yeah, I'm sure they were all like 10-minute misconducts, though. I can't. I don't think he fought much. But in his early career, he had 186, 197, 157. So he had quite a bit of penalties, and he was still scoring 30, 40 goals a year. And then one of his final years, he had 216 with the Rangers. Holy shit. But that's what he was getting, like misconducts again. Thrown out of yeah, you were getting 10-minute misconducts for just mouthing off. So, but yeah, Sandy McCarthy was another big guy, six foot three, 220 pounds, and he fought a lot of heavyweights, and he's well known for playing for the Flames, Tampa Bay, the Flyers, and the Rangers. That's who I had at my number three, Sandy McCarthy. Okay, let's go to number three. You got Sandy McCarthy. For my number three, I have Chris Simon from Wawa, Ontario. Chris was probably the best fighter in the late 90s, I think. Because he I fought. had uh, Gino. Chris. 64 goals, 137 points, 2,500 penalty minutes, 600 games. So that's like three minutes a game almost. Or four minutes a game. Chris Simon had a good career. Like he won a cup with Colorado, but he did a lot of stupid things. Like he stepped on that one guy's foot when he played the Rangers and speared a lot of guys. But he was a good fighter. He was a lefty, so a lot of guys weren't lefties. And he scored 144 goals in the NHL. Who did Chris Simon? Yeah, that's pretty good. He always had good hands, though. And then when he went to the KHL, he had 40 goals, 88 points, 500 penalty minutes, and. 168 games. That was like five years. That's pretty good. And that was my number one was Chris Simon. Okay, my number two is Gino Ojek, the Algonquin assassin. He played when it was crazy back in the early 90s and mid-90s when fighting was the number one thing about hockey, I guess, right? I remember, yeah, he told us crazy stories when we were playing with him in Moose Factory during like the 
It's called James Bay Cup now, whatever it's called. Were you he there when him. he played with us? Yeah. Oh, we we all went to Darwin's that Sunday night, and you yeah. did you come with us? I had a stick, his game you stick, but I don't know what the hell I did with it. You gave it to me like shit. Would have been yeah, nice if you... shaking his hat. His hands were so big too. What did you think when you shook his big hand? I could punch him out. I but... <laughs> <laughs> should have. I think he broke his foot that that weekend. Yeah, because, he got hurt. Oh, God, yeah. Because he didn't play a Sunday that Sunday morning game with us, and I think he took a slap shot to the foot. But, he was in like his late thirties. Yeah, he was. I think he was still playing. Uh, senior. So, okay, your number one for top five enforcers. Who's your number one? I had Chris Simon, and then my honorable would probably have been Stan Johnson because he only had seven hundred games, seven hundred play minutes. Stan Jonathan is my number one guy for top five enforcers. But he only played 400 games in NHL with that's, 200 points, 800 pens. That's still pretty good, though. He has that famous fight with uh, Bouchard from Montreal when he knocked Bouchard down and he was all bloody in the playoffs there against Boston and Montreal. But Stan was the, one of those guys that you didn't want to mess around with because he was just crazy. So, yeah, my top five, Baruby, McCarthy, Simon, Ojek, Jonathan. Pretty good list. But you, my list could take out your list. Who would Theo Fleury fight? You got Theo Fleury on your list. The smallest guy on, the, on my list is Stan Jonathan. And Stan Jonathan would probably beat Fleury. No. Hmm. Flurry would slash his ankles and then start throwing them away. There, you were just picking Flurry because of his penalty minutes. Yeah, and his goals. <laughs> we're top five enforcers, not top five goal scoring enforcers. <laughs> top five fighters. But yeah, that's a good list, though. Those guys were awesome playing back in their day. Okay. One question I want to ask you is, what is your typical day working at a mine? Sean is a mine, works at a mine, a detour gold, or what is it called now? Is it still called detour gold? Kirkland Lake Gold, but we got bought out or merged with another gold company, Agnico Eagle. Okay. So it's going to be the third biggest gold company in the world. Up to like $28 billion worth or something like that. Wow. With other mines in like Finland, Mexico, Quebec, Nunavut. So you should ask for a transfer and go live in Nunavut. I said Finland, but do you think they do transfers? Like, hey, I want to go work. Yeah, guys from KL did that. Hmm. From KL that were underground, they came to our mine driving trucks now. So, what's the typical day? What do you do, anyways? Dozer, excavator. And then when I'm down, sit around, do nothing, relax. And then typical day, just well, I got a routine. So okay, what's your routine? If I'm working night shifts, get up around three, relax, turn on my radio, listen to music, shower at three thirty. Is this morning or afternoon? It's afternoon. 
and then call the girlfriend, say hello, I love you, Miss Sista. <laughs> she's right there, she's laughing. <laughs> and then, yeah, we go for supper and then sit with the guys, talk about gossip and stuff like what's going on around site and whatever we heard. And, and then, yeah, we start our meeting around five o'clock. We're, we're going to go through through the day with our uh, daily meetings. Like if we have projects and stuff like we got to do. And, and then usually, yeah, we work for 12 hours. Not even sometimes work like a third of that and take your time. And then, yeah, 12 hour shift. And you do that for seven days. And you, sometimes you do it for two weeks, 84 hours a week. And, and if you you're start the next day. If you're trying to give convince someone to come work with you in your company, what would be like the selling point you would mention to them? You want to make $100,000 real easily to drive a truck? Real easily? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you work maybe like some days, nights, you'll, you'll work like four hours out of your shift? Yeah, if I'm sitting at a shovel and a dozer, I'll work four, four hours. And I sit there and then just when he's moving or if I go do a special project for drill and blast or cutting a ramp for drill and blast, that'll take 12 hours. So it's good money, but you just got to spend a week at a camp. Yeah. Like you're away from your family and stuff. It's hard. Sometimes you're not going to be there for every Thanksgiving or Christmas. Like I got to work Christmas for the next three years. It's my first time working Christmas in eight years there. I've been, and like yeah like weddings funerals you're always not going to make it and you guys always got to say bye to your children and it sucks but you're giving like a life that like a good life like stuff that you've never had when you're growing up so <laughs> that's a lot of christmas why three years in a row because it's on my rotation friday or saturday sunday monday and I'll be, I'm working night shift, so I get home Tuesday morning. And then three years, I'll be getting home Tuesday morning on Christmas. So are you going to be a lifer there till you retire in your 60s? I can be, but I don't. I choose not to be. I'm going to I think another three, four more years. And then I think that silver, that whatever, that zinc mine there on the 655 highway that Tagua Tagman Nation has a deal with, I'm going to go there. So wow. I'll be probably from right from the very start. So if you want to be working in a mine, message Sean, he'll hook you up. He, he has connections at the mine. Hmm. I can't see myself working at a mine like that no more. Because you can't work past five hours. Yeah, true. I love my six-hour days, man. Okay, we're going to, since Sean's a, a guest host on the podcast, we're going to I'm going to share some funny stories of Sean while we were growing up. I'm trying to think. Tell him the marble story. Okay. Sean was 10. So I must have, I was like 12 and Sean was on the sidewalk and he was in his rollerblades and he had a plastic hockey stick and a big marble. And there were those, there was those plastic sticks where you could really curve it deadly. Yeah, those floor hockey sticks. And I was standing at the beginning of our driveway where our fence is to go to inside our house. And Sean was on the sidewalk, which was maybe around 
20, 20 to, no, I say 30 feet. And he goes, stand there. I'll try to hit you. And I said, okay, <laughs> I'll stand there. I stood, I stood there and I wasn't going to move because I knew no, no world, like Sean will never hit me with a slap shot. And he takes a slap shot with rollerblades on and he completely missed me. And he hit the neighbor's uh, front window. He hit it right in the corner too. And he, and I stood there and I watched. He ran from the sidewalk into our house. He ran up the stairs and he went to go hide under his bed. And he was crying. That old man's going to beat me up. There's, a, there's an old Italian couple that lived beside us. And he went running up and crying that he was that man was gonna beat him up <laughs> that man had to, had to be like in his 70s <laughs> yeah in his 60s he was retired <laughs> sean takes a slap shot with a marble and just breaks his window like <laughs> my parents had to go pay for that window imagine if one of your kids did that now how pissed you would be oh i'd be pissed right off that'd be I like could i could see failing doing that i wonder how much a front window costs it's like 600 bucks 500 bucks 600 bucks maybe well yeah they're expensive now because they're all like environmental green so so yeah more. sean was trying to take a slap shot with fucking rollerblades and a plastic uh floor hockey stick and he just cursed the shit right out of that stick <laughs> that's pretty funny okay oh i got a good story remember when i made you cry with that apple core on our old house on Moose Drive? Yeah. Sean was, we were young. Sean must have been like six years old. Five, six. And, and he was teasing me and teasing me. And when I would chase him, he'd run to the bathroom and Love just it. open open the door a little bit and just start chirping me and teasing me. And I was eating an apple and he opened the, went, the door a little bit, just enough. And I pretend I was a pitcher. I wound up and I threw my apple core and it hits Sean right dead in the nose. And he starts crying and blood just starts squirting everywhere. <laughs> but then I remember saying, don't tell dad, don't tell dad. But it was hard not to tell him when there's fucking blood just all over the floor. Ursa was just looking at me laughing. I wonder if you broke your nose. Good thing you didn't break your nose. That's what you get for teasing. Get an apple core right in the nose. That throw was maybe one out of a hundred I would have got. Or that time when I left all my equipment, aired it out in the trunk. I think we were playing the Goodwill that time. And it was spring. So then that's when you put, we were driving towards the arena and we got in my car and it really fucking stunk. Remember that? Yeah. Like mold and like shit, your smells. What do you say? Your equipment smells like moose piss, you said. Yeah. Because I got a moose cock. <laughs> just always has to be perverted and just goes. <laughs> but his stuff smelled really gross. <laughs> of course. Went champion, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When's the last time you played hockey? I don't know. That draft tournament? Holy shit, that was like three years ago. Four yeah, years. I don't play anymore. But I'll go on the ice with my kids, though, since I coached them last year. Well, I coached Aiden last year. You're welcome. For uh, it was all me making you a champ. 
Oh no, we didn't fucking play on the same team. That was a year before. No, we. I think we won like second, no, third place. You were on a team with like Fabian. Yeah, I remember I set up Fabian like so many times. You couldn't score with shit. Oh, I sent yeah. him on, like, we did beat you guys though. Eh? The first time we played you guys. Yeah, that we won after we won the next two. I think I scared that goalie because I got mad at him. I told him I was gonna shoot the puck at his head every time I had a chance. I know and he had such nice equipment. Yeah, I thought he was gonna be all good. And it's fuck, he was a sim. <laughs> That's uh, Frankie from Nashville, Tennessee. Is he from Nashville? I thought he's from Chicago. Well, yeah, he, he's from Chicago, but he lives in Nashville now. Yeah, like Quebec Nordiques color stuff. Really nice stuff. Yeah. Are you going to be coaching this year? No, I'm not going to coach. I'm just going to be watching. I coached enough. No, actually, no. I'm helping out with Anna's girls team. But I don't know. I'll just take a back seat and just watch. I coached enough. I've been coaching since Adam. So three, five, six... Eight years. That's good enough. Because if I went, I'm not on the ace. Aiden listens. That when I am on the ace, he doesn't listen. He acts up and does his own little thing. So I'm just going to stay off the ace this year and let slash him, him with your, Slash him with your stick, smarten up. Trip him. Well, I guess uh, with that being said, Sean being an awful coach to his kid, well, uh, that's the end of our episode for. Uh, Episode 16. So, so you get a free shirt and hat in the mail? You already bought a sweater, don't you? How come you wearing your hoodie today? Because I'm wearing my IMA. Oh, fuck them. <laughs> okay, whereas hockey, thank you. Uh, would like to thank Sean for being a guest host for episode 16. And don't forget to check out Ro- Roland Delorme Automobile. Automotive Solutions on Facebook. Like his Facebook page. And uh, if you want a, a vehicle message rolling, he'll uh, hook you up. So, so can, I guess, can I say goodbye now? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I'm going to listen to my voice tomorrow and see what it sounds like. And this actually was actually pretty fun. So and I see what these guys go through. And I don't, want, I don't want to do it again. I do the interview with Zoom, and Sean had a hard time trying to get on Zoom. He's like a computer illiterate. It's like I was starting to get pissed off. I was gonna, I was gonna text him. I was like, never mind. I'm just gonna do the show by myself. It took me like 20 minutes just to get on. Oh my god! So we'll have you back on next time, Bush misses. So thanks for being a co-host and. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. So take care of yourself and uh, take care of your family. And don't forget to love each other. And happy Thanksgiving. Good night. See you. Peace.